0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Welcome once more to Top Stories. I am Andy Zaltzman. For today's top story from a previous issue of The Bugle, we're going back to January 2019. Brexit was ensuring we all had a suitably happy new year. Nish Kumar and Alice Fraser were with me for issue 4094, entitled Weekend at Bernie's. Top story this week. Oh, any guesses? Any, any, any guesses, being as we are in f- Britain at the moment... Um, <laughs> Well, it's been another dramatic week <laughs> for Brexit Britain, in which not only have we discovered, interestingly, that not only does God routinely save the Queen, thanks to our national theme song, but apparently, as evidenced by yesterday's dramatic uh, car accident, she also has transferable save credits that she can <laughs> cash in on her current boyfriend whenever the need arises. But also... It was a record defeat for the government as our divinely elected incompetocracy continued to fumble our way towards the Brexit trapdoor of joyous freedom. Theresa May leading Britain through our uniquely British DIY quagmire with the sure-handed assurance of a haddock on a quad bike. Incidentally, that is set to replace the Union Jack as the flag of the UK once we're free to make our own decisions as a country again rather than sticking with the old shitting triangles or rectangle shit foisted on us by history. (laughs) Uh, What was I talking about? Um, Anyway, uh, Theresa May's painstakingly negotiated deal with the EU was voted down by 430 to 200, basically. Or in simpler terms, it was vomited back into her face like a baby bird with a profound allergy to worms. Um, Nish is our official um, Britain-going-down-the-pan correspondent. (laughs) How have you enjoyed uh, this week's... uh,
2: Well, it's difficult to summarise because like the first two Star Wars prequels, absolutely everything has happened and yet somehow absolutely nothing has happened (laughs) because if you think about it, we pretty much are where we were at the start of play, even though we have lived through one of the most momentous weeks in British democratic history. Uh, Theresa May's Brexit deal was rejected by 230 votes. Jeremy Corbyn then responded by tabling a vote of no confidence. Theresa May then won that no confidence vote by 325 to 306 votes. So the government can't pass the most important piece of legislation it needs to pass. And it also can't be removed. Now, I don't know how familiar you two are with the cinematic masterpiece Weekend of Birth. No, (laughs) no, not not massively. Okay, it's essentially the story, and I believe it's a sort of Brechtian drama about two insurance company employees who pretend that their boss, who has died, is not dead and prop his body up for the duration of a weekend long party at his beach house. (laughs) Our government is now Bernie from Weekend of Bernie's. It's essentially dead, but it's being propped up and trotted out because of the self interest of a pack of absolute chances. (laughs)
1: I just, I was trying to watch some Brexit stuff to get some information for this segment and it's just phenomenal. The more I hear about Brexit, the less I want to hear about Brexit. (laughs) It's like everything that needs to be said has been said and people have carefully listened to the things that confirmed their initial attitude and ignored the rest. It's like watching a gang of toddlers high on red food colouring, screaming angry secrets into one another's mouths. You know, they say if you don't laugh, you'll cry, which is bullshit because I spend most of my time neither laughing nor crying. (laughs) Actually, there are a range of other emotional options and I think maybe delicately balanced on the razor edge of apathetic rage staring into a grey future of furiously uninformed vitriol is the most appropriate emotional response to this situation.
0: The original vote, as you will recall, was delayed in December Uh, and it turns out uh, that delay was, was crucial because it allowed absolutely f*** all to happen. <laughs> apart from five more weeks to pass. The clever strategy being, well if you hate it now then one of two things will have happened. In five weeks time you'll have either have fallen head over heels in love with it or I may refer you now to a different cinematic mas- masterpiece, Crocodile Dundee <laughs> with him and that pretty journalist. Who'd have thought they'd have got it on the yes. way that film began? Interesting no, Australia fact, right.
1: uh, yeah. the whole of the Crocodile Dundee movie is actually our national anthem. <laughs> You haven't lived until you've seen a stadium full of people going, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: also, we're now five weeks closer to uh, to Brex Day. Yeah. And nothing more has happened. So that means that, essentially, we've jumped out of the aeroplane and, you know, if someone has offered you, by way of a parachute, a uh, large fajita, <laughs> you would initially reject it. But if you are then... 40% closer to the moment of impact. You're going to fucking try anything. Aren't you? <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Yeah, and except a fajita is far too ethnic a food to be a perfect Brexit analogy. It's more just a, a flat piece of bread or some sort of Eccles cake. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a terrible state of affairs. Um, I think we... the Eccles cake would give you quite
0: a good cushioning on landing, actually. Do you think so? From a from a, yeah, a free fall.
1: No, of course he doesn't think so. He never says anything he thinks. <laughs> Have you not met this man? <laughs>
2: Um, Yes, we're uh, ticking closer to uh, a no deal. Now, at the moment, Jeremy Corbyn is trying to uh, continue his negotiations by refusing to negotiate, which is an interesting strategy, uh, because he's insisting that Theresa May take the option of no deal off the table before he even begins negotiations. She's refusing to do that. So, again, nothing is really happening. And all that's happening is that we're getting closer to a no deal Brexit, which uh, this week, uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, a man who is, I believe, under investigation by Hercule Poirot... (laughs) Claimed would not be the end of the world, which is really not ideal. That's not what you want. That at a basic level, yeah, you've got, to, is, set the bar you've got to set the bar higher. slightly higher than not the end of all life on earth. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, also, by the way, uh, he was one of the group of hard Brexiters who didn't vote for Theresa May's deal and then celebrated his victory as uh, only a man of the people can by having a champagne reception at his five-bedroom mansion round the corner from Westminster Palace. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Uh, but we're now lurching closer to a no-deal Brexit. Now, that could mean uh, queues at Dover, uh, as shortages of food and uh, medication. And uh, the one thing we keep being told is, don't worry, uh, we'll survive it, because we survived the Second World War. Now, a couple of problems with that. Firstly, statistically untrue. Uh, secondly, at the time, we were able to pull resources from our extensive empire. From what I can tell, our empire now consists of Gibraltar and the British Museum. So, I mean we're all going to have to develop a taste for ancient Egyptian artefacts. And also, the most important element of that sentence is we did not survive the Second World War. They very much survived the Second World War. Very important pronoun use. We are not capable of surviving anything. I don't remember watching that stupid... Churchill movie and seeing a kid in the back playing Candy Crush on his iPhone, <laughs> we could not survive a bunch of drones flying over Gatwick Airport.
1: I mean, us having to eat the contents of the British Museum brings new meaning to the phrase Yummy Mummy.
0: <laughs> As you said, there's a lot of worries about what, what may happen in the event of um, uh, what's called a hard breach, or I believe the technical term is f- incompetent Brexit. Um,
1: I should have said toot and karma um, num, 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 num.
0: <laughs> Sorry, continue. I feel like we might have lost Alice for the rest of the podcast. Could medicines run out? Uh, well, yes, but who needs health when you have an indefinable sense of national freedom? <laughs> uh, could the NHS be understaffed? I'll oh, just look it up on the internet. Um, <laughs> medical research funding could be cut? Well, I mean, have you been to a pharmacist lately? There's loads of medicines as it is. <laughs> Besides, what's wrong with a bit of British trial and error? It's what built Stonehenge. Okay, it didn't really work, Stonehenge, as a multi-storey ox park, but still. (laughs) What happens... This is one of the very grave concerns about what may happen if there is a no-deal Brexit. What happens if Boris Johnson doesn't f*** off? (laughs) Which is looking increasingly likely. Um, He today denied uh, ever-making remarks about Turkey during the build-up to the referendum, only to be contradicted by facts. And a letter that he'd written to the itch finder general Michael Gove
2: and uh, David F. Cameron, as he's now officially known. (gasps) Are you sure it's not David F. C. Cameron? (laughs) I think there might be a C in there, Andy. Right.
0: Um, What if we are left alone with ourselves? This is the most important question, I think. What if we are left alone with ourselves to mull over exactly what we've become as a nation and the withered husk that remains after we've flogged off every public asset apart from the Queen's Corgis and then blamed it all on Brussels? That does not bear thinking about. There are no medicines and no food I can cope with. (laughs) Being left alone with ourselves to shove a mirror up our own arse.
2: (laughs) In a way, it will be fitting if we're left with not enough medication and people just have to take... Uh, an entirely irrelevant medicine for whatever condition they're suffering from because in a sense the whole of brexit is a kind of misdiagnosed because like there are a lot of problems in this country massive equ- inequality people living uh, you know below the poverty line people using food banks and that was a problem uh, but brexit was not the cure and the entire brexit process is essentially prescribing someone with a headache to have their foot cut off because <laughs> yeah. now you've not solved the original problem and he's got a f- of a lot more on his plate than he had when he started
1: Thermometer to the soul of the British populace, Boy George, tweeted in response to these Brexit debates, I'm moving to Scotland, uh, to a generally welcoming response from Scottish Twitter. But a spokesman for Boy George has clarified he was joking.
2: (laughs) Also, most concerningly, a spokesman for Britain has clarified that Scotland is still in Britain. (laughs) The uh, European reaction has essentially been, Keske la Um... (laughs) That was the name of my French textbook when I did GCSE? <laughs> the, the
0: the second referendum still doesn't seem to be gaining gaining as much traction as you
2: might might think it would. Yeah, um... because there seems to be an argument that if you have a second referendum, that uh, there will be. Um sort of fascist violence in the street. I mean, now, two problems with that. Firstly, there already is fascist violence in the street. We've already had an MP be murdered by one of them, and a couple of them have been threatening uh, anti-Brexit and left-wing campaigners in the last couple of weeks. But also, I really don't think the solution to fascists is to give in to them. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Winston Churchill didn't say, we will give in on the beaches. (laughs) We will concede ground where possible on the beaches. (laughs)
0: Thank you once again for listening. If you are sick of politics, A, I don't blame you, and B, go and listen to The Gargle Now, the glossy magazine sister publication of The Bugle, hosted by Alice Fraser, giving you all the news and none of the politics.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
0: Listen now.